welcome to Sparkle Speak. This is a podcast sponsored by Sparkle, which is a Christian women's ministry designed to connect women with the purpose of inspiration and encouragement. Each week, we will interview a new guest who will share her personal experience with Christianity. Whether you identify yourself as a Christian or not, this podcast is for you, and our intent is always to inspire one another through our own unique and individual stories of how God has moved and shaped us. Wherever you are listening today, we hope you enjoy this story of faith. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. And today we have a family member of mine on the podcast. Her name is Marilyn Ruvalo, and she is my husband's cousin. Um, so her husband, Julio, is my husband's cousin. So by marriage, Marilyn's in the family. And through marriage, I'm in the family. Um, so welcome, Marilyn. I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And and yes, I like how um, we're related by marriage and we call me and you are the outlaws, not the in-laws, right? We're in the oh. outlaw group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the family has an outlaw club, um, a very select group of, of members. It. Yes. <laughs> We've been so. initiated. That's so funny. Oh, I love the family. It's so fun. Um, yes. Yeah, so I am excited to talk to you today um, because I just think that as I've known you over the past few years, it's just very clear that God, you know, is very real to you and has shown up in your life. And I love how um, you and and some of the other cousins just always seem to be talking about God to not only each other, but other people too. And I've just very clearly seen it. It's, you know, very true of who you are in your life. So I just am excited for you to share a little bit more about, you know, what God's done and what he means to you. Well, thank you. And, and I have to say it's, it's a real encouragement to me and Julio, my husband and us older cousins, because <laughs> we think of you and Anthony as the younger ones. And mm-hmm. it's just so great to see you guys so, so on fire for the Lord and wanting to do his will in your life and raising your family in his ways. And it's just, it's just so encouraging for us to see that, like the next generation taking on the, up the torch and following him. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. Likewise, likewise, for sure. And one of my favorite things is, um, you know, like obviously walking with God is an ongoing process and it's a choice you make every single day. And it's not like it's, um, you know, just this one thing that happens one time and that's it. But, um, even in that though, I still think everyone has a story and, um, maybe just certain moments in your life that have kind of like shaped where you are today. And so, um, I'm looking forward to hearing your story and maybe we can just start by kind of just honing in on like, what does Christianity mean to you? If someone were to ask you that. Sure. Well, um, Christianity, I, I believe the scripture tells us is, is not so much a religion, but a relationship with the Lord. And um, I was reading in Romans 10, this pretty much sums it up uh, what Christianity is. It says, because if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9, with your, if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. 
For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So to me, that everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ is part of Christianity. People in the past, present, and future, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is God, put on flesh, came down to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. And we put our trust in him that he took our place. He took our punishment for our sins so that we can be with him for eternity. That is what Christianity is, believing in that. Yeah, that I like that verse a ton for explaining it. It simplifies it for sure. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess for you personally, like when did that first, you know, start to become real for you? Like when did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian or come to know the Lord? And like, how did that kind of all unwind itself? Well, I, I grew up my whole life as a child, um, we grew up in a Catholic family and I always loved God. I always felt close to him, but I never truly had a relationship with him. It was always God was up in heaven watching over us, you know, and we were all down here doing our thing. And, um, I would, I did pray to him every day, but it was always the rote, like memorized prayers that we learned in catechism. And every day I would say my prayers faithfully and, um, and then just kind of put him on a shelf and go on with my life. And I was very faithful in going to church every Sunday, even though in the Catholic religion, we go to catechism up until you make your confirmation in ninth grade, and then you can be done. Going to catechism, you don't have to go anymore. You pretty much made all of those sacraments until you get married. So, but after ninth grade, I still wanted to learn and I still wanted to, I was still seeking after him because I never found him. So mm-hmm. I continued going to catechism, even in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. I was, there was not many kids my age, <laughs> <laughs> but I would go and we had a few people in our classes and I was just always searching for God. It was like, I was missing something in my life, but I wasn't too earnest with that. I would go to catechism once a week. I would go to church on Sundays. And then I just was living my life, you know, having fun as teenager and Um, I started dating Julio, my husband, when I was 17. So it was the summer before my senior year. And he was not much of a churchgoer. He had, you know, his family grew up Catholic too, but he wasn't really interested in God. But I just thought that's what, you know, that was normal for a guy his age. So Mm -hmm. we were dating and, you know, we've been dating for a couple of years. And then um, I'll never forget all of a sudden I was 19 and we were on a date in the car and he all of a sudden he said, Hey, do you want to start reading the Bible together? And I was like, really? Maybe you should read the Bible. (laughs) You're like, I've been going to catechism. (laughs) You probably should do that. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, yeah, you should read it. But then I out loud, I was like, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, sure. You know, not thinking anything of it. You know, I never read the Bible by myself, but yeah, I was a good church girl. So I was like, sure. So he said, you know, he, we never, it kind of like, we forgot about it. After a couple of weeks later, he was like, you know what? My uncle Carm, who was going, his uncle Carm, who was saved in the family and he was going to a non-denominational church. He had been witnessing to Julio for his whole life, pretty much. And I think it was just starting to sink in to Julio that he wasn't right with God. So uncle Carm invited Julio to his church. So Julio invited me and he said, Hey, do you want to go visit uncle Carm's church, you know, next week? And I was like, sure. Why not? 
So he came and picked me up. We went to this non-denominational church. I had never been to a church like that before. And I was like, this is a little weird, but it's a whatever, you know, I knew uncle Carmen, Cece, Bet, his wife, Cece, Betty, who you haven't met. She passed away before you came in the family, but um, we sat with them and I listened to the preacher and actually the preacher that day was one of our really good friends right now. He's still friends with us. <laughs> He's an elder at our church, but I listened to the preacher. He gave a clear gospel message. I agreed with everything. Yeah. Jesus is God. He died on the cross. I agreed with everything, but it just didn't connect, you know, in my heart. I didn't really un understand fully that Jesus did that for me. So after the sermon, we met the preacher. He, you know, we talked to him and I was like, well, that was great. And we went home, went out to lunch. And, um, but then little by little, Julio and I started, we bought Bibles together. He bought me one and I um, started reading on my own. And we would go to this church every, maybe once a month, he would pick me up and we would go. And then I would continue to go to the Catholic church on the other days. And he just wouldn't go to church at all. So I was feeling like a, a I was feeling torn inside because as I'm reading the Bible and as I'm reading the scriptures, things were starting to, to not make sense to me in what I was doing at the Catholic church. And I was, I was just feeling like, like it took a while. It took maybe about six months as I got to know Jesus more and more through the scriptures. I actually found out who I was reading the scriptures and who I really was and that I was not the good Catholic good person that I thought I was mm -hmm. and I came to realize that um I needed a savior the whole my whole life I thought I was a good girl I was doing everything you know in the rule book I was following the rules and doing my prayers and um you know some I would go out with my friends I was a little bit wild here and there but I was like oh god will forgive me and I I just I thought I was a good girl and that I deserve to get into heaven. But the more and more I read what God had to say about that, I was shocked and surprised that I, I was not as good mm -hmm. as I thought I was. And I really had a, a, a sin of pride in my life. I thought I was, a, I was very prideful. So on the, and this whole time, me and Julia, we really weren't studying together. We would go to church together, but we didn't really talk about the things that were was on our heart this whole time because I don't know if it was just like we had to have our own walk with the Lord we had to have our own relationship with him so we kind of didn't really talk to each other too much about it and um but he was having his own struggle through this whole time and he ended up getting saved in December of 1994 this was about six months after we started going out going to this church and reading the Bible and um I still was not understanding I was still confused and um this was Christmas time. So in his heart, he was, I didn't know any of this until after I got saved, but he was thinking, okay, you know, if Marilyn doesn't get this, if she doesn't get saved soon, I cannot be with her. And he was really praying that month in December, Lord, please show her yourself to her. And in January, I was, I'll never forget. I was driving in my car and I, um, was listening to Sandy Patty on a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> that really ages me. And one of her songs was about Jesus on the cross and, and when he was dying and how his, that I was on his mind, you know, that he was thinking about my sin when he was dying for me. And it just hit me in the car and I was bawling. And I realized that Jesus was thinking about me on the cross and, and he knows me and I just, I need a savior and I'm wicked and wretched. And 
I, you know, and I needed to ask for forgiveness and I stopped the car, pulled over and I did that right in the car. And, um, it was just like a very, I don't remember what day it was. I just remember it was in January. And, um, it was just so weird how it just hit me all of a sudden like that. It had been, he had been working in my life, you know, for that whole time, but it just kind of all hit me like a ton of bricks right then. Yeah. And, um, I went and I told Julio and, and he was of course happy and crying and so grateful. And, um, he told me that he had been praying really hard that past month. And, and then after that, it was like, we were on fire. <laughs> we, before that, my parents were like, oh, whatever. She's going to this crazy church. Like they would let me go. And then uh-huh. after that, I was like, oh man, I'm, I wanted to be at church every day. We met like the people that we met in that church, we would go to their house and try to Bible studies and, we told our, all of our friends and all of our family, and we thought everybody would be so happy for us. And, and that's not how it went. Yeah. A lot of people were happy for us, but we had a lot of uh, people that were mad at us and, and offended that we would, you know, change religions, whatever. We weren't changing religions. We were just on fire for the Lord. And um, my family especially was really mad. They stopped speaking to Julio for a while and thought we were brainwashed and all that. So we had kind of a hard you know, first few years as believers, but the Lord was faithful and he really helped us to, to endure that. And, um, it's just been, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. We, getting married. we got married about a year later and, um, we were the first ones in the family to not get married in the Catholic church. And that was kind of a big deal too, but Wow. That is so cool. And it's neat because like, you know, I met you what, I don't know, seven, eight years ago or something like that. And I can say like, you know, meeting you and Julio, I feel like you guys are still on fire for the Lord. So, you know, I don't know what's ha- what happened in all that time in between from, you know, then till when I met you, but it sounds like it's kind of been true of your life ever since then. And so that's really, you know, special to hear. Yes, for sure. He has, he has really been very evident in our life. Yeah. Um, I mean, for us, we have seen him in our, not that we have shown people him, but we have, he has been evident to us in our life, in our marriage the whole time. So Mm -hmm. we've had lots of ups and downs. (laughs) Definitely. Wow. Well, kind of going like along those lines, um, what experiences have you had like just kind of throughout your life or since you've known God that have really shaped or changed your view of who he is? Um, well, I, I, the, I guess, um, at the beginning of our, our marriage, we had some struggles, but when, and he always, you know, came through for us, but I have to say the year I, we, that we lived in Arizona, we lived in Arizona for four and a half years, but the year that Julio was laid off when we lived in Arizona was really a life changing year for us. And, um, to, to have a little backstory in 2007, we had small kids. We had a six-year-old, three-year-old and one-year-old. And, um, we were living in a rent. We rented a house in Macomb and we had just moved out of Julio's parents' basement where we were for a couple of years. So we finally were moving into a house. We were planning on buying the house that we were renting. Our mortgage paperwork was going through and we were feeling like, okay, Julia had his own company. We were feeling like, okay, things are, we're getting back on our feet, you know, we're on our own. We were so excited. Well, that was in January of um, 2007, February, the economy totally tanked in Michigan. And we were, we kind of knew it was coming, but we were really taken by surprise how bad it got in in that that month. And um, Julio had some really good contracts for work. He was building some gas stations and those gas stations 
pulled their contracts and they decided they weren't going to build anymore because of the economy. So we were like, what are we going to do? This company had no work. Nobody wanted to do any construction at that time because they were so scared because the economy was bad. So he was like, I, I can't, I have to close my company. And he, we were really struggling, but we were like, okay, you know, that's okay. You can get a job. So he put his resumes out all over the country. And we figured, we were hoping to get a job in Michigan, but we figured it probably wouldn't happen. So he put his resume out everywhere. We tried to get a hold of our mortgage guy because we were like, well, we cannot buy this house until we know for sure that, you know, he's going to have a job. So we're looking for our mortgage guy. Well, he fell off the face of the earth. We don't know where he went. We never got the mortgage. Thank God the Lord made that happen because we never bought that house. But make a long story short, we ended up in Arizona. Julio and the Lord clearly, this is a whole nother story that I'll have to tell you another time, but the Lord clearly moved us to Arizona and very clearly he answered prayers. And here we are with a six-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old across the world, it seemed like to me in Arizona, <laughs> but it, it was scary, but I knew we were doing the Lord's will. I knew we were in the right place and we were there with, we didn't know a soul. And Julio started working for this Christian company. It was a really good job. And things were going good. The first year and a half, we were in a rental house there because we didn't want to buy anything right away. And um, all of a sudden, in 2009, just as we were getting back on our feet because we had gone there with some debt because we never claimed bankruptcy when we closed our company down. So we just, you know, had gone there with some debt and we were um, getting back on our feet. It's been a year and a half. And all of a sudden, the economy totally took a turn for the worse in Arizona. And what happened in Michigan was happening there. So we were like, okay, this is really bad. So um, 2009 was when, you know, and you were, you were probably just young back then, but mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was really bad there. And the company that he was working for had to downsize and he was one of the newest workers. So newest hires. So they let him go and let a few other people go. And he came home from work that day. And I was just devastated because now we're living in Arizona. We don't, you know, we have good friends, but no family. Mm -hmm. and no job and I was homeschooling and um, we just didn't know what to do so we were on our faces a lot praying and um, we had you know they gave us a severance package we had a little bit in savings but we knew it would only last us a couple months so here we so here we are we we're just keeping up with the rent just trying to do our best he's doing side jobs putting out resumes but nothing's happening and um, a few months later I'll never forget we were it was we were out of money. He was doing some side jobs, which were barely covering the bills. And I remember one day, just the Lord, we were praying so hard, Lord, what do we do? You know, you, we need money. Like I felt terrible praying for that, but we needed money. And we mm -hmm. were, we have three small kids and we didn't know what to do. So we were depressed and Julio, I'll never forget, he was sitting at his desk one day and we were going over the bills for that month and calculating how much money we needed. And it was several thousand dollars that we needed to keep up with the rent and car payment and all that. So um, we knew we didn't have that, but we were like, okay. He's, and he told me, <laughs> I'll never forget this. He goes, um, can you go get the mail? Because I want to see if we have any other bills. Well, I hadn't gotten the mail in like over a week because it was so depressing to get the mail because it was always bills. So I literally did not get the mail for like a week and a half. So our mailbox was a locked box. It was like a locked box at the end of the street. So I took the key. I went to, for a walk. I went to get the mail and I opened the box and it, there was a note in it and it said, your mailbox was too full and <laughs> the mailman couldn't fit any more mail in it. Oh. And I had to go to the post office. 
So that was embarrassing, but whatever. I took the note. I went back home. I told Julio I have to go to the post office and he was a little bit annoyed by that, but I was like, you know, whatever. So I got in the car, I went to the post office and I'll never forget the lady handed me this big plastic bin full of mail. And she's like, here, honey, you can take it to your car. Just bring me the bin when you're done. And I was like, okay. So I went to my car. I, I sat in my car, started crying <laughs> and I, I couldn't go home. So I just decided to start opening the mail. So I was going through one by one. And the craziest thing was that there was so much, there was cards and letters from people, some people that I didn't even know. And as I started opening them, there was checks in there. People were sending us money. Oh my like they gosh. Had, people had heard that we, Julia was laid off and they heard about our situation. Our church had been praying for it. Our church back home in Michigan was praying and we knew people knew about it, but we never thought that, you know, people would send us money. So one by one, I'm opening up these cards and letters of encouragement and saying they're praying for us. They heard about our story. So there was like 20, 25 cards in there on top of regular mail. So I was just flabbergasted. So I went home, threw the mail on the desk in front of Julio. And I said, this was in the mail. This is all letters and checks and cards from people that love us. Wow. And he was shocked. And we, we were like, well, let's, let's see, you know, what it is. So we started adding up all the checks and it ended up being like, it covered our bills for that month more than our bills because there was a little bit left over for um, groceries. And we were just like, it was exactly what we needed to take care of the whole next month. And we were flabbergasted. We were like, this is a miracle. And we threw all the checks and letters on the bed and we had the kid, our kids were so little back then. They were like eight. (laughs) six and three and they, we were like kids get in here and we're crying and they're like what's wrong mama and we're like the lord gave us this and we had this pile Aww. on the back and we all got on our knees and we're like we have to thank him for this money and and they were they were so cute they did what we you know we, they were like thank you jesus but they didn't get it <laughs> that's <laughs> so cool about it they julio does remember doing that so so yeah we were just so thankful and i realized you know what the Lord is here. He lists, he hears us and he is, he is telling us that he will take care of us. So that was a real encouragement. And that was like, an, I wasn't even praying for that to happen. You know, it was more than we prayed for. I just couldn't believe it. So another month goes by, you know, we're living our life. He's doing side jobs. And, um, another story is Julio was doing a side job in a, um, plaza it was at a sandwich sandwich shop. He was doing some construction in there and he was done for the day and he went out to the car. We only had one car at that time. So I was left home with no, with the kids and he had our van and he was like two hours away from us. He was doing this job and I had called him and said, um, we didn't really have any food in the house and, you know, I I needed money for groceries and if he could figure something out and try to get some groceries (laughs) for us somehow. And, you know, we had some beans left over, whatever. And, um, we, I was kind of getting down again, praying about that. And, and, um, he was in his car and he started praying and he, for some reason, our, he started praying that the Lord would give us our daily bread and our daily bread, just that phrase came to his mind and he kept on praying it over and over. Lord, please give my family our daily bread. That's all I ask for just enough to get through today. And, um, all of a sudden his eyes are closed and he's praying that and a knock comes on his window. And he was kind of shocked and he opened his eyes and he looked and there was a guy standing up at the window 
and he rolled his window down and he was like, yeah, can I help you? And the guy was like, yeah, I, I saw you sitting in the car and I work at this bakery next door. And, um, we, at the end of the day, we have to throw away all of our bread because no, not it the next day. And he's like, and I saw you sitting here and I was like, shoot, you know, maybe this guy wants bread. And so he's like, do you want this bread? And Julio was like, are you serious? <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> and he had a huge bag of artisanal, beautiful loaves of bread that he wow. was going to throw away, but he couldn't sell them the next day. They were like a fancy bakery. And Julio was like, sure. So he comes home with this huge bag of bread. And I was like, what in the world? And he told me what happened. And we were like, thank you, Jesus. And um, of course, I was like, maybe you should pray for some meat next time too. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were very thankful. We couldn't even fit the bread in our freezer. Like I had to literally give away the bread. We had to give oh, it away. Oh, wow. And, and then I realized, you know what? Like we need to pray for things and he will answer us. I mean, he is faithful to answer his, his children. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just, it was just amazing to me that, that, yeah. that happened. and we had, we have so many stories like that from that year. It was just such a time of relying on the Lord and really trusting him to take care of our every need. We really felt like we needed to stay there and not go back to Michigan because we were involved in our church and we just, just felt like he wanted us to stay there. And I feel like looking back on that time, it was to teach us that he would take care of us. Mm-hmm. We didn't need anybody. We didn't need anything. We didn't need, not that family is not important, but we didn't need, we, all we needed was him. You know, right. we just needed to rely on him. And that was just, that's, it was like the worst time and the best time of our life. Just trusting him for our every need. Yeah, that is so cool. I love the bread story. And it even reminds me um, when you said you had you had so much, you had to give some away. Um, I just went to um, an event and they spoke on the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. and how like as Christians, when we pray for like these things, we pray for our basic needs and our spiritual needs and pray to be filled by God. It's not only so that our needs are met, but also so that our cup can be overflowing to give on to other people who need it too. And so the fact that like God gave you the bread you guys needed, but also that and more to give away is such a picture of like, you know, how we're filled by God. And then it like our cup is overflowing onto others. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, and that, that reminds me of, um, and when we are like obedient to to listen to his prompting to help somebody else and to give that to somebody else, he blesses us even mm-hmm. more, you know, he blesses us. And, and, um, I have another story if we have time. I don't know if I have time to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Please. So during that same time, we're struggling, you know, financially. Um, we, we have a friend that let's call her Nancy. I'll just keep her name private. So her name's not really Nancy, but anyways, we have a friend that, that asked us to pray for her because she was struggling um, financially too. And she needed to make the rent that month. And we knew how much her rent was because we just affirmed some other times that we had talked to her. And so she, we were asking for a specific amount from the Lord. We we're like, okay, Lord, please help Nancy give her this money. You know, she really needs it this month. She can't get kicked out of her house and praying, we're praying, praying for a, like a week for her. We go to church on Sunday. Um, after church, one of the elders gave Julio uh, an envelope and he was like, this is for you it's an anonymous gift. And we weren't surprised because that had happened many times (laughs) over the past few months at our church, just from after he was laid off, people were just, they would just anonymously give us something. So they were just blessing us. So he got this envelope, we get in the car and I was like, oh, that's so nice. You know, we got another 
who know, you know, who gave us this? We wonder, thank you, Jesus, for this gift. And we opened it. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. We had no money in the bank left. I'm like, I can go grocery shopping. I was so thankful. And Julio wasn't saying anything. And I was like, what's wrong? And he said, look at the amount. And I looked at the amount and he's like, this is not ours. And I was like, shoot. <laughs> I knew it was the exact amount that our friend Nancy needed oh, and that wow. we had been praying for. And I was like, what, what are we going to do? And he's like, we, this is not ours. The Lord gave us this to give to her. And I was like, but we don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew in my heart, I knew that, that I was convicted too. And I was like, you're right. It's not ours. So we signed the check over to Nancy and she was very grateful, of course. And we were, I was, you know, of course I was feeling it in my, it was, it was hard to give her that because I have three kids in the back seat, thinking, you know, what am I going to feed them this week? But I had, you know, we had food for the week. We had, you know, beans and rice and all that stuff. So we had neighbors that would invite us over for dinner. We were fine, but selfishly, I'm like, we could use that money. So, but I was, I we asked for forgiveness and I was, Lord, please forgive me for feeling like this. And thank you for letting us help Nancy. Well, not even a week later, we get this package in the mail from a young couple that we had, um, been friends who had moved away to a different state and we still kept in contact with them and we had helped them with a few things when they lived with near us and we were like oh wow how sweet you know we got a package and it was really heavy and I'm like what in the world is in here cookies I thought maybe she heard about you know that we were laid off and I was like did she give us you know a care package you bake us something but it was like 20 pounds so Julio opened it and it was like 20 pounds of pure sil silver coins what? And we were like, what is this? And there was a note in there and it said that they had come into some inheritance, something. And, um, they felt like the Lord was telling them that they needed to give us part of it. Wow. And it was like seven times the amount that we had given our friend earlier in the week that the Lord had given to us. That's amazing. And I was like, after that, I was like, you know what? This money is just, is his money. Mm -hmm. I don't need it. Uh, he will give me what I need. I was like, you know what? We're just, he's just giving us his money to use for his work. And mm -hmm. I was just, after that, I just wasn't anxious anymore about the bills. Yeah. I knew, I knew that he was going to take care of us. We had other things happen too, but that one was like, because we were faithful and giving it to who he told us to give it to. I, it was like, I felt like he was like, let me see if you're going to do what I ask you to do. And then I will just give you more, you know, just to, to yeah. use it when I will. Like he wants us, we, we, he wants us to be good stewards. You know, he wants us to use his money for his work on this earth. And, um, I just realized that, you know what, I don't need to be worried about money anymore. Yeah, that is, that <laughs> is such a significant experience that he gave you guys, because you're right. That will burn in your memory. And you, you really probably are changed by that. So, oh my goodness, so much. And even now, like if I ever get nervous about bills coming or, you know, whatever, cause we still, we have our own company again and there's ups and downs. And even just a few months ago, we had a little situation where we were like, okay, well, here we go again, Lord. He always takes us to the edge. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, then, and I, Julio was, you know, getting a little nervous and he's like, what are we going to do? And I was like, you know what? We're going to pray right now. And he's going to provide. And I'm not worried. I was not, it was such a weird feeling. Like I was very full of peace wow. and 
and and he did provide and he I mean our business is doing great right now and I and um I don't know it's just such a it's just such a blessing I feel like I have I have 25 years now you know of walking with him and just the more you I feel like the more you're obedient to his the more you listen to what he wants you to do and you're obedient to what he says there's been plenty of times where I was not obedient and plenty of times where I faced the consequences of that and you know he's um you know things have happened in my life where I'm not I'm not proud of it or you know we things have happened with our financial life too that thing it was our own fault and but the times that we were obedient and he's just blessed us more than we could have ever imagined you know it's just yeah it's just amazing to see him working. Like yeah. That. No, thanks for sharing all that. Cause I think that's super valuable just to hear, you know, your experience with it to even help all of us as we go through similar things, you know? So thank you. And, um, yeah. I guess just to close out our combo, do you have anything that, you know, God's been putting on your heart lately? I know we talked a lot about, you know, kind of your past experiences, but right now, like lately, what's, what's he been teaching you? And, and is there anything you want to share? Um. Yeah, I feel like right now he's he's teaching me how to wait. <laughs> I uh we're kind of like in a weird waiting period in our life right now. We're we're living in an apartment. You know, Julio's in his 50s, I'm in my 40s. We have older kids and we're living in an apartment because we sold our house and and we don't know what the next phase is going to look like. We we're hoping and praying that we're going to start building a house our home soon, but we haven't started yet and we are just asking the Lord to show us what he wants us to do in the next phase of our life. Like our business is doing really good. And, but, um, I don't know. We're just like in a waiting period. I've been, I've been reading some Psalms. I've been studying the Psalms lately and, um, just like Psalm 27, 14, wait on the, it's talking about waiting on the Lord, wait for him. And, and let me see, let me find it. Psalm 27. 14. I have it on my phone, Catherine, but I'm talking to you on my phone, so now I can't use it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, what is the scripture? Psalm 27, 14 is wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Um, that's a good one. And uh, Psalm 34, 10, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And, and I just feel like right now is just a time for us to seek him and to seek his will for us. And, and I feel like that, that good thing that we're waiting for when he says those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And that, that good thing is not so much material things, but it's him. You know, mm -hmm. one of the quotes that, that I've been reading, that I read in my Bible study, I'm doing some a Bible study about waiting and it's in the Psalms. And um, she said, you know, he doesn't promise us material things. We get Jesus. He is the gift. And if all we had was Jesus, he would be enough. And I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I'm in that season right now of just, just waiting to see what he wants to do in our life. And I feel very peaceful. I'm not, I'm not nervous or anxious. My, my favorite verse of all time has always been Philippians four, six and um, seven. And that one is, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer, let me see, prayer and petition. I don't want to mess it up because I'm talking to you. So do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known, be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. And that is my life verse. 
really that, Mm. that peace of God, it really does surpass all understanding. I, sometimes I don't understand why I feel so peaceful because things are, you know, crazy around me, but I just, he really, when I pray and he doesn't always answer in my timing, but I just have faith that he's going to answer in his time. And I, I've seen it happen before, you know, I, I, he's just done it so many times in our life that, and now I, I have that assurance and that faith that he will answer in his time. Yeah. And I can just rest. I can just rest in that peace and, and just wait for him to answer. Mm-hmm. Well, in that verse, thanks for like ending with that, because I feel like that just summed up your story so well, honestly, that verse. And I do see that being, you know, so evident in how you live your life. So that's super beautiful. Thanks for sharing. And I don't know, I, I feel like you said you were a little nervous about this, but I feel like we just had like a sermon talk with your story <laughs> and what you shared. So I think that was awesome. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. It was so great having you on. And um, I'm glad we got to chat a little bit today. It was super fun. So yeah, me too. And I look forward to chatting with you again. And I'll tell you all the rest of the stories too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I'm like, tell me more. Jeez Louise. <laughs> all right. Well, it was so good talking to you. Have a good rest of your day. We'll chat thank soon. Thank you. You too. All right. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. If you are interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at underscore sparklefaith underscore or at sparklefaith.com. There you can find information on upcoming events and speakers. And please feel free to reach out to us if you have a personal story of faith that you would be willing to share with us. We hope you tune in again next week and we hope your week is full of the sparkle we all need. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.